Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast. And it is absolutely amazing. They have characters. They have actors. They have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all got to check this out. Um... I'm, I'm like, I'm enthralled. I'm, I I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you, all the actors are, they're straight, they're queer, they're black, they're of color, they're male, they're female, they're they, thems, they, thems. They just, this thing is so diverse, man. And, and there's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all got to check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, y'all. Your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However, the way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers... Um, see that um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I, I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care. Hey, y'all. It's your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Coming to you live from my, <laughs> from the Phoenix airport. What am I trying to say? I'm uh, heading to the Pacific Northwest. And uh, going to go give that a shot for a little while. Now that I got a remote job, I can do that. And it is Father's Day. And... You know, I have such a different perspective on fatherhood at 53 than I did at 13, 23, 33, or even 43. Being through, going through so much trauma in my life and making so many mistakes, I forgive my father. I forgive him completely. I forgive him for every horrible thing he had done or left undone in my entire life. Because, God, I've made some mistakes of my own. Let me tell you. You know, my mom has this one fond, fond memory. Well, two, actually. She says, when I was born, my dad picked me up and wept. Because he was just so in love. And the other was, one time, uh, as an infant, I, I had severe asthma. I had severe lung problems because of all the drugs my parents did and a whole bunch of other stuff that happened. If you listen to former podcasts, you already know. <clears throat> there was this one time I had an asthma attack and we were living on the Lower East Side in the projects in Manhattan. 
And uh, if anybody knows New York, you know the ambulance ain't getting there no time soon. And back then, it was a lot worse, child. And uh, after about 10 minutes, my, my dad just couldn't wait. And he put on his sneakers, a pair of shorts, a t-shirt, put me in a stroller, and literally ran me from Houston Street over 20 blocks to the nearest hospital and got me there before the ambulance got to the house. Ran. And my father was an asthmatic himself, so that was no small feat. And then we both got treated for asthma when we got there. <laughs> and my mother would tell this story, oh, John, if you could have saw it, both of you on oxygen, both of you getting uh, uh, shots, and uh, both of you wheezing. But my dad was just so relieved that I was, I was at the hospital and being taken care of. You know, we don't have an instruction manual now on parenting, but we got Google, we got TikTok, we got discussions, we got real-time information and things to think about and therapists putting in their, you know, their, their add-ons and, and their suggestions and guidelines and different styles of parenting. And my father, my father didn't know what to do after I was born, like... He knew that meant he was a father, but he didn't know what that looked like. You know, his father wasn't there for him. There wasn't a whole bunch of instruction. You know, it was make sure that there's a roof over the head, and if they get out of line, whack them in the mouth. You know, that that's it. That was all there was to fatherhood. And uh, my father didn't do much of either one. <laughs> but my father was a black man in Harlem in 1970. Two years after Dr. King was assassinated. Six years after Malcolm X was assassinated. It was the era of the Black Panther Party. The streets were on fire. Race was the issue, at least for black folk. More than it is now, way more. People were freezing to death, starving to death in their homes. I'm just grateful to be alive. You know, my mother picked up where she could, but she, you know, she made her own share of mistakes. And I forgive her for everything because I'm telling you, at 53, I look back on all the mistakes I've made with my kids. And God, I hope they forgive me. I really do. That's all I can do is hope. You know, I got a son who forgave me a long time ago, and it doesn't matter how sorry I am or how sad I am or any, he just, it doesn't matter to him. He forgave me. And he told me some years back, I love you, Dad, and I, to this day, feel so undeserving. That boy grew up to be an amazing human being in spite of who his dad was. I hope some of it is, is, is genetic, but the truth is we are who we are when we're born and all our parents can do is guide that along. But my son is just an angel. He's just an amazing creature. And I don't think he'll ever really know how grateful I am that he turned out as amazing as he did. Again, in spite of my inability to show up for him. 
my dad, man. Ugh. You know, I remember one time, again, I was sick. I was five or six, and my dad came to visit me in the hospital, and the nurses thought I was being kidnapped or possibly abused in some kind of way. They didn't believe my dad was my dad, and, you know, they called the orderlies, and then the orderlies got the police involved, and my dad almost got arrested until my white mother showed up and said, that's his father. And they looked at my dad, they looked at me, they looked at my dad, they looked at me, they looked at my mother, and she's like, let him go. That's his father. And I was in tears. I was crying. I was traumatized. And they let my dad go, and he didn't even say goodbye to me. He left. I can't fathom the humiliation he must have went through. I can't imagine what that must have been like to be in front of your son and in the time when patriarchy ruled all and, and to look so broken to look so subdued by a bunch of white men in front of his white wife and in front of his white-looking child. God, I, I just... I didn't see him much after that. He probably believed he was doing me a favor because I, I used to think the same thing about my son I used to tell myself I was doing my son a favor because I had all this toxicity and drama and trauma and I just I was angry all the time and children made me angry not that they did anything wrong it's just even to see him happy it was I was jealous I was jealous whenever I saw happy kids because it was so hard to be happy during my childhood you know Watching my mother struggle, I felt guilty being alive. Barely ever seeing my dad, I felt guilty for wanting him. I just felt a lot of guilt. But I want his soul to be free. You know, my dad died of the virus of AIDS back in 92, I think. 93, 92. Ironically, he died on the 3rd of September. If you know, you know. And I hope in some way he can sense that I've completely let go of any and all mistakes. The last time I saw him was at a funeral, a family funeral. He was homeless. He had to bring his shopping cart into the funeral home. And he looked over at me and I could see the shame in his face. He was so embarrassed for me to see him that way. It was like seeing him subdued and broken all over again. And he said, um... He said, hey, and I said, hey. He said, hey, and I said, hey, and I, uh, I told him, dad, I love you. And he just looked at me and he, he looked, I don't know if it was shock or anger, but he just looked at me, he said, what did you say? And I said, I love you, dad. So don't you know that I love you. And he looked down at the floor. And I said, no, seriously, I love you. And I reached out to hug him and he hugged me and he said, I love you, son. You know, it was the first, I think it was the first time I ever hugged my dad. It must have been, I don't know, 20, 19. <clears throat> <sighs> that man 
as a child, he could do no wrong in my eyes until I was about 14, and then I didn't want to have anything to do with him. And then I got to be 18, and I wanted to see him again. <laughs> you know, when I was five, my dad taught me how to play chess, just so he could take me down to the chess tables on the corner and uh, hustle up games with people who are willing to spend $10 a game to play the five-year-old prodigy. <laughs> and these guys were so nervous playing me that I was beating them. And I was no prodigy, let me tell you. It was hilarious. My dad was a hustler, and he got all of this money, hundreds of dollars that day, hundreds of dollars. He had all these side bets going on, and he didn't give my mother any of it. Probably went up his nose. Or maybe to his rent, who knows. But <laughs> that was my father. My mother said she put him out when she found out he was with another man. Ugh. It was a mess, man. It was one big mess back then. But Dad, I forgive you. And I want to tell my dad Happy Father's Day. I had to leave a friend behind today that was struggling with his depression, anxiety, and addiction. But if I stayed there any longer, y'all, I swear to God, I'd be sitting right next to him high and drunk with him. And I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I, I'm too old. And it's too easy for me to throw my whole life away. I've done it numerous times. And I feel for him. And I know he's... He's struggling with Father's Day and anger. And Two days ago, my friend put a 9mm in my hand and asked me to hide it for him because he just didn't trust himself. And that was the beginning of the end for me. I, I knew that he needed more help than I could give him and he wasn't willing to go get it. I tried to talk him to go into the hospital yesterday. He said, it's too much like jail. And I said, yeah, but you get out in three days and you'll be free and you'll be, you know, drug free and you'll have some rest and you'll draw some pictures, maybe do some finger painting. Who knows, you know? <laughs> and he said, I'd rather be dead. And I knew I had to go. And I hope he forgives me for leaving. He said he wouldn't be able to get through this without me. But the truth is he's not getting through it. He's still alive. But he's not getting through it. He's, he's holding on by a thread. And I wish I could say I'm praying for him, but I know better. I can't say I got hope. I can also say that I got faith in his survival instinct, and I, I think he's going to come out on top. But it's not going to happen unless he gets sober. He's dying, and I, I just couldn't watch him die any further. But hey, he has, the universe looks out for him the way the universe looks out for all of us. And it's always been life on life's terms, and I don't get to decide the outcomes. But I want to say this to y'all, to the single mothers out there that had to pick up for two parents, <coughs> I want to say happy Mother's Day 2.0. To the fathers that are doing the work, happy Father's Day. And to the fathers that are not doing the work, just because you're not around your kids, doesn't mean you're not a father. And at some point, you're going to have to come around and do the right thing. I hope you do. I hope you do, because it doesn't change the fact that you have children. 
you're going to have to do it sooner or later. You don't want that regret. Trust me, you don't want that regret. Happy Father's Day, y'all. And to those who are still having a hard time forgiving your father, it's okay. That's all right. You didn't ask to be born. They had a job to do, and if they failed you, they failed you. But here's what I know. Forgiving them ain't for them. It doesn't let them off the hook, and it doesn't change what happened. But it makes the world a little lighter on your shoulders. Just understand the human. They made their mistakes, their lives were messy, whatever. And oh, trust me, trust me, if you're young and you're mad at your parents, trust me when I tell you, oh, you're going to make your own. You're going to make plenty of mistakes and you're going to wish you didn't make them. But I hope you lighten the load by letting go of the shit you can't do nothing about. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Enjoy the barbecue. Get some barbecue. It's Father's Day. Get some barbecue. I'm going to go catch a flight. Remember to love yourselves. And if you fall short, remember you can start your day over anytime, anywhere, with anybody. Because loving yourself is the most important thing you can do today. I can use subscribers on here. I can use subscribers on my TikTok. I can use subscribers on my Patreon account. Patreon.com slash BlackFluidPoet. Uh, I could use any donations you can for food today. <laughs> I gotta fly out of here and I'm falling asleep as we speak. I need coffee. Um, my Venmo is at BlackFluidPoet. My cash app is dollar sign J-O-H-N John S. Blake. And if you can't do it, that's all right. That's all right. I'm glad you enjoyed the podcast. I'm glad I'm sharing this day with you. It's not, you know, I'm gonna be okay one way or the other. Don't Don't worry about that. And to the friends that helped me catch this flight today, God, I love you. Thank you for being there for me. To the, for, from a person who's had abandonment issues for a long time, for those who have shown up in my life, I'm, I'm so grateful for you. I'll talk to y'all later. Black Fluid Poet signing out and flying on. <laughs>